does it mean to be UMC? Each episode of this podcast series explores that question with clergy and laity at the East Ohio Conference sharing stories of how lives are being transformed through the ministries of the United Methodist Church. This is Storyboard, Faith, Witness, Transformation. Welcome to Storyboard, Faith, Witness, Transformation. Today, I am sharing our microphone with Pastor Dewan Bowie from Medina United Methodist Church uh, in Medina. And when Dewan is not serving in his pastoral role, he is devoting time to the East Ohio Conference's Black Pastors Fellowship. And today, we're going to take a little time and explore how this fellowship has shared its influence, connection, and impact on the conference and on each other. Uh, so, Dewan, I want to thank you for joining me. And uh, Great to be here. I would love to hear a little bit. You've had a lot of hats you've worn here around the conference. I have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so why don't you share a little bit about some of the different roles that you've had here in the conference? Okay. So let's see. I have uh, been on the worship committee. Mm-hmm. That seems like 20 years ago, but it was only <laughs> because of COVID. Oh, yeah. Everything seems like 20 years ago in it some really ways. It really does. Um, so yeah, I was on the worship committee. Uh, I was also on the, uh, when Kay Wolfinger had a young adults council, mm-hmm. uh, I was a part of that for a time. Then as well, now I'm on the canal district, uh, superintendency committee. So I hope DS Lewis with that. And I've, I've enjoyed that experience and there's so many other hats, but they, you know, continue to develop and grow me. And this is one of my newest hats as the president of this black pastors fellowship. And that's really been a joy. I was vice president before that. Um, and also, um, you know, did some other things in that in that capacity as well. So. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about the Black Pastors Fellowship. What what is the organization? How did it come to be? So the organization, um, it was formulated amongst East Ohio Black Pastors just to have a place to love, nurture, encourage each other, share some common experiences and connections. Mm-hmm. You know, really a place to have fun and and be laid back. Uh, we really take the fellowship seriously, but also. You know, different times issues might come up, so we discuss those in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to feel like you know we can we have some understanding based on our you know racial experience in America. So during those tough moments of of racial tension in the country, you know we can talk about them in a real a real visceral way and have some understanding and you know and mourn together and and encourage each other and pray for each other when we're having different challenges you know racially in our different in our different ministry ministry context. So support encouragement you know, give each other advice on different things like that. So, mm-hmm. and I imagine, especially stepping into the role of, of president now that you're, you've experienced a, a fair amount of, of challenges with that, even mm-hmm. most recently, these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, and it's been interesting. Actually, I misspoke earlier. I wasn't the vice president before, before I was president. I want to correct that, um, of the Black Press Fellowship. But since my time there, there's been some, racial tensions in our country, which tend to happen every couple of years, it seems like. So really when those come up, it's like, hey, what are we going to do as a fellowship? Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be tough to discern that uh, because it's just, it's messy. It's, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really try to, you know, answer that call. So one of the things we did was we did the, the video sharing our stories of the mm-hmm. conference um, during one of those racially tense times to share our stories and how we we're feeling. And I, and I was, uh, I wouldn't say surprised, but I was um, 
excited by the overwhelming response to it. Uh, people mm-hmm. really hearing those stories and maybe not and see the perspective of a black pastor and what they kind of go through during that time. Uh, so that was really a blessing to be able to empower that to happen to the Black Pastors Fellowship and with the assistance of the East Ohio Conference as well. Yeah, and this, the stories are, are still available on the conference's Vimeo page, and so they're they're pretty easy to find. So if, if anyone who is uh, listening to this episode, uh, they will put the link to those in the uh, in in the notes, so you'll be able to find those pretty easily. Yes, yes. Beyond being able to produce that video series, mm-hmm. how has the fellowship been a positive influence upon those who are a part of it, and to those that they minister to? Yeah, it's it's been a place to vent in a safe space because, mm-hmm. as we all know, not all spaces are safe spaces uh, to be real. So I've been working hard with our leadership to foster a place you can be real and, you know, what you say stays there. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go to a DS or go to, oh, uh, let me tell you what they said about you, da, 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 da. you know, yes. a space to really just be raw. And, and some of our pastors are majority white contexts and they don't have many people of color with them. So it's a space for them to just vent about that experience. It's a space for them to get some African-American camaraderie and connection that they may not necessarily get in their own context. Mm-hmm. And that's really helped to provide a source of encouragement, encouragement, particularly when there's really tough times in ministry. You know, let's say there's a really tough, you know, uh, situ- situation with a, with a member of a church or a local body or some, you know, wrestling within the, within the church itself it's a place where we can encourage each other, pray for each other, you know, shed a little tear mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and check on each other and provide um, some self-care. Um, in addition to that, um, it's been a place to really develop some of our leaders. Like me, I was nurtured by the Black Pastors Fellowship since mm-hmm. I came to East Two Out Conference. Reverend Edgar Brady was a president. He nurtured me. Some other uh, black clergy nurtured me as well to encourage me, to pour belief in me. I remember uh, we had a, a Black Pastors Fellowship uh, meeting at Lakeside and Bishop Malone came and, you know, we just had a sweet moment of fellowship and love and caring for each other. They fed into me. We poured into the Bishop. We poured into each other and it's just time to really pour in love into each other. And really, um, you know, also one of the benefits for us is doing the seven last words, uh, service. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a part of the black church experience and we love putting it on each year to give some of that, uh, black favorite flavor to preaching mm-hmm. and to music and to really, introduce people to that that may not be exposed to that. Cause I realized last year when we did it, some people had never even heard of a seven last words service. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know they existed. Some people were excited. Oh, that's an interesting part of the black experience that we can be exposed to. So people were able to, you know, view Facebook in the, uh, at core UMC, the way we do that as well this year at celebration United Methodist church, view it, uh, through Facebook and other means. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's been helpful as well. And then we've been able to celebrate our victories uh, we considered a victory when Bishop Malone was uh, elected president-designate for the Council of Bishops. We celebrate that as a victory mm-hmm. amongst ourselves, and that was, uh, you know, me and you worked on that, Brett. You you were able to help us to to host a Zoom yes. and do a celebration. That was one of the the uh, the highlights of uh, my time as president to just celebrate her and <laughs> love on her and that seeing that signature Bishop Malone smile <laughs> when she had that smile, you know, you did something right. So. You know, it was, a, it was such a pleasure to, um, you know, bring uh, Reverend Tony Love from the National uh, Black Men's for Church Renewal and to bring uh, Reverend Yvette Massey, the president of the Black Clergy Women, and to, you know, have Bishop Trimble in person, have Bishop Palmer, 
you know, uh, coming via video and having other people throughout her experience that mm -hmm. she was surprised by that we reached out to, to really <laughs> love on her in that amazing, in that, uh, in that amazing moment. So that was one of the, one of the highlights in the ways in which I think we were seeking to uh, celebrate the bishop, but also bless and, and honor the the conference that seeks to empower her leadership to be mm -hmm. to be used for the glory of God. Yeah, it it was speaking as someone who was kind of behind the scenes and behind the camera. That one, it it really was a fantastic uh, a fantastic example of of very close knit community and a, a lot of love. So it really was fantastic to be a part of that. It's great to have you with us. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> This question has kind of been answered, but uh, are there benefits beyond just uh, encouragement and community? Are, are there deeper benefits that are, are you able to, to go one-on-one? -on -one and what, what does it look like to be in, in a mentorship within the fellowship? Mm, okay, great question. So it just looks like really being loved on and people seeing stuff in you before you see it in yourself. So for example, for me, I didn't realize, but I think they were groomed me as a future president. <laughs> I, I think I realize that now. Um, they were loving on me, speaking life into me, you know, saying, you know, I'm gifted and talented and, you know, speaking life over me. And really, you know, uh, Reverend Edgar Brady, Reverend Solomon Hill and others were just very clear about, hey, I'm here to help you. I'm here to love on you. I'm here to encourage you. Um, you know, how can I help you? You know, you mm -hmm. can call them at any time. Um, and, and I took some of them up on that and they actually, it actually was true. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you never know, cause you never know people's motives. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> going on here. But some of them became, you know, big brothers and some big sisters, you know, um, mm -hmm. in the faith. And they were mentoring me. I didn't realize that time, but they were mentoring me and nurturing <laughs> me, uh, to, uh, succeed, uh, Reverend Edgar Brady in my mind anyways. Um, and then two with, and particularly with Aldergate United Methodist Church, which I'll be, you know, reappointed to in July, some people will be able to tell me, okay, you know, let me tell you some things about Aldergate United Methodist Church. Let me tell you something about the people in the church in the area. And that has created some more excitement for my family because mm -hmm. different black pastors, you know, do ministry in Cleveland. So they can say, oh, your family can go here. They can go here. You can go to this barber. You can do that. You can do that. And that just helps with the transition. Okay, I can go to these different spaces. Because when the hardest thing about transitions for United Methodist pastors, in my estimation, is you have certain comforts and routines and places you go for different things, and you have to redo that again when you go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So that can cause a lot of anxiety on the family and on, you're like, okay, where are we going to do this? Where are we going to do that? So to have the black pastors say, oh, you know, they'll take care of you. I know about them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you've been across a, a few different districts, too. Yes. Across your appointments. Yeah. Mahoning Valley, Canal District, and now North Coast. <laughs> so I'm making yeah. the district rounds. You really are. Yeah. So what's what are some of the biggest differences culturally between the districts that you've experienced? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Well, so um, for Mahoning Valley, I was under uh, Reverend Bryant and Reverend Allman. And there was there was a good amount of clergy gathering a good amount there to kind of foster that cross-clergy connection. I remember we had epiphany celebrations. We had those kind of things, a real emphasis on uh, clergy gathering and clergy connection. Mm -hmm. When I came to Canal District, it was, you know, you would you would get usually Reverend Carolyn Berry, I believe it was Christmas, she would bring gifts around a different clergy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting, and brought us really good <laughs> chocolate. I mean, the chocolate was really good. Can you tell by my voice? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> right around some real, you know, real good chocolates, and um, there was some clergy gathering, but but not as much an emphasis as 
Mahoney Valley District. And then North Coast District, I guess, you know, we'll find out and see. Mm -hmm. But for me, in all the districts, you know, a sense that your DS is with you, has your back, and I can attest they actually have your back. In my experience, like, I'm like, <laughs> you might hear about this, or um, I don't understand what's going on. Can you help me out here? And I've really mm -hmm. experienced the the resourcing aspect of each district superintendent, the ear that they're there. You know, they've also taught me some things, too. Like, you may want to consider this. You know, this is react they're reacting to this. I'm like, I don't get why they're reacting to this as a, as the, as a church. They're reacting this way. Oh, you know, provide a different a different perspective where they're not in the midst of it, mm -hmm. which can be really good when they're not in the midst of the conflict or the mix of the situation. They can have that upper view and say, maybe you need to consider this. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so that's been a, that's been a blessing and looking forward to serving under Diaz Hitchcock. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, and you definitely had that gleam in your eye when you were talking about that chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can attest for the, for the audio. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. I definitely witnessed that. Yes. Yeah, and so I asked you before you came in if uh, to bring in some stories about the, the Black Pastors Fellowship, mm -hmm. about the impact that it's had on local communities and on the conference. And so uh, what, what kind of stories uh, did you bring into our storyboard today? Okay, yeah. Um, so there's there's three uh, particular stories that, that stood out to me. First is related to the bishop uh, being elected as president, designated the Council of Bishops. So um, when different of us heard black pastors, we were just excited. Um, and we were asking, is she the first black female? We learned she's the first black female to be president, designate. So that was exciting. So we were learning, we were thinking about, you know, how can we honor this moment? We didn't want to just be kind of a statement put out by whoever. We wanted to have a celebration. And I think particularly in black cultural experience and African cultural experience, there, there, there is a push to celebrate milestones. There's a, there's a way in which we want to celebrate and bring joy to a moment. Mm -hmm. So we thought, you know, what, what could we do? So uh, myself and uh, Reverend Angela Lewis, who's now district superintendent, uh, Lewis, mm -hmm. uh, worked with uh, the rest of our executive team, Reverend uh, David Witt, Reverend Darlene Robinson, and uh, Reverend Ivy Smith. Uh, we worked with the rest of the black pastors that we connect with to figure out what we could do. So we put together a, a program. We're like, you know what? We're going to be daring. We're going to invite some bishops and see how it goes. Now, of course, first we, we figured out when is their time in Bishop Malone's schedule? <laughs> so that, that, that was the first thing we want to fit in her schedule. It was like, we know she's ridiculously busy, you know, mm -hmm. um, ministering across the earth. So we did that and we said, you know what? Why don't we try to get her husband there too? Mm -hmm. And okay, you know what? Why don't we ask? And as we asked people, everyone was like, of course. And I think that was just the love for Bishop Malone, the mm -hmm. excitement of the moment. They wanted to commemorate it. So we had over 10 people speak at that event. And I remember when Bishop Malone uh, came in, she started scrolling the people <laughs> and just her face lit up with joy. Mm -hmm. I guess she saw all the different people like there. And that just made me so happy. And to, and to have the honor of emceeing that and have heard her just she pours out so much love, but to have love poured out on her, I believe she said she was overwhelmed and yes. that's what we wanted. I mean, she, we had friends that she had for years, you know, that we thought, we thought, Oh, that friend, let's call that friend and see if they'll come. And just to be able to put that on for her to experience that with her, we had some black clergy just watching and uh, it was, it was a real highlight for our ministry um, and just a joyous celebration for us and people just across the connection, love being a part of it and loved honoring her Mm -hmm. In that way, and it was also fun to get get a little taste of Bishop Trimble's humor and some <laughs> and some other the the personalities there. So that's the that's the first story. And then next, 
in relation to our uh, racial experience as pastors in the in East Hall Conference. So as different racial tensions came up, we, we, we struggled with what can we do? There were so many things that we discussed. Well, you know, we could do East and West Ohio videos. We can do East Ohio videos. We can do a statement. We can do this. We can do that. So eventually we came up with stories and we worked with Will Jones, of uh, the uh, director of Multicultural Vitality. Uh, we worked with him and we, d- we developed it ourselves. We worked with him and said, you know, how can we do this? So he helped us figure out a title. He assisted us with some funding and we worked with him to invite people to share their stories, whatever mm-hmm. they wanted to share. You know, for various reasons, people shared, you know, a little more, a little less, but just share your stories so people can hear them. And I think that provided some perspective uh, for some of our white brothers and sisters that they may not have had. Mm-hmm. And to hear some of the responses of how people respond to the videos and also uh, Will had us develop some questions with the videos so it could be kind of like a small group kind of thing or a resource. Um, and it was so uh, encouraging to hear some of the stories of how people were positively affected, encouraged, shocked, you know, awoken, like, you know, and people, for my video, people noticed that I said something along the lines of, these are stories I'm willing to share. Mm-hmm. And one person said, well, that means there's stories you're not willing to share that you went through. And I'm like, yeah, there's some things I'm not willing to share that I went through. And that made them go, oh, there must be deeper, more painful stories. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there was some trepidation amongst our black pastors to share because we didn't want to cast any aspersions on any particular congregation. So, of course, or, or the Israel Conference. But we, we think that we uh, did an offering of ministry and love to the conference to, to provide that resource. Mm-hmm. And then third and finally, you know, yearly we do a seven last word service and Every year we try to make it a little different. You know, we, we've invited Bishop Malone, so she'll be part of this year's Seven Last Word service at Celebration United Methodist Church. So each year we wonder, how can we um, contribute? How can we offer this Black cultural experience to the conference? Um, how can we advertise it? How can we invite invite people so they can see this part of the experience? And really Seven Last Word service is Seven Last Words of Jesus and different preachers reflecting on them. Mm-hmm. And I think it grew out of the Black experience because Black people can relate to the suffering um, and I think particularly a, a book by James called the cross and lynching tree. And he connects those two and talks about how, uh, black Christians can connect with Jesus due to the suffering. Mm-hmm. And I think as we preach, we connect with Jesus' suffering and our own current suffering as, as a people in that preaching moment in a kind of cathartic, spiritual, salvific way that I can't really explain. You just kind of have to be there. And it's uh, in a way therapeutic. Uh, it's a celebration. It's not a, oh, you know, woe is me. But it's uh, a recognizing of our of our suffering struggle, recognizing of God's power in the midst of that. So each year is completely different. Uh, each year the Spirit meets us. Um, and each year I think it's an opportunity for our white brothers and sisters to see some of that uh, black cultural cultural mm-hmm. experience. And um, I believe it's, it's helped create some awareness and um, some understanding more across racial lines. And so, and that'll be at Celebration United Methodist on Good Friday. Yes. Yes. And yes. so uh, we'll be making sure that uh, that we communicate that out yes. as the weeks progress. Yes, definitely. And so yes. Uh, if you're listening, you will definitely see information about that coming soon. So as we wrap up today's uh, episode and today's conversation, if you were to encourage anyone listening Mm. about the work of the Black Pastors Fellowship or anyone who uh, is out there who is apprehensive about stepping into and joining the Black Pastors Fellowship, Mm. what would you say to them? I'd say to them, um, 
you all can be part of a broken people. <laughs> <laughs> we are, as anyone is, broken people trying to serve Christ and and and, and love each other in our unique uh, black experience. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some that have, you know, um, for example, we have a Facebook group. Try to join the Facebook group, mm-hmm. and and I've said, and they were, it was a white person. I said, well, this is our space to connect with each other. Nothing against you, but this space for us to be real and frank in a way we may not feel comfortable as comfortable around our white brothers and sisters. Of course. So um, I'd ask for those our white brothers and sisters to pray for support. You know, when when you see there's difficult racial things going on, or you hear rumors about in different congregations and contexts, pray mm-hmm. for us. You know, maybe send a note of encouragement. I remember I can't remember what year it was, but we got a random. I got a random like card in the mail f- from Will Jones' office, just encouraging and saying thank you for mm-hmm. being a cross cultural. You know, and that meant something. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I know mm-hmm. that people know we're cross-cultural and serving, but to have that, mm-hmm. it meant something to have a card. Like, we're recognizing you and praying for you. Oh, yeah. Um, so prayers, encouragement. If you if you have a black pastor that's serving, um, you don't know the, the, the darts that they're getting in their back. You don't mm-hmm. know the challenges they're facing just because they are black in that majority white context. So I would say go out of your way to pray for, to encourage, to... Um, to nurture that black pastor mm-hmm. because they share some things amongst us. They may not share with you some kind of crosses they're bearing. And I'd say maybe kind of, I would say go out of your way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that can, that can go a long way to make them feel comfortable, you know, where they are. Yes. And it'd be interesting for me, you know, I'm going from majority white context to majority black context. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, with my daughters who are native American, African and black, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have, the Madonna UMC experience and the mm-hmm. Aldersgate United Methodist Church experience. So it'll be interesting to see how that shapes them and uh, forms them. But, you know, um, just honored to be in the ministry and honored to be president. When they elected me, I was like, oh, oh, okay, cool. But to see how they've embraced me um, as their leader, uh, as their shepherd has been a, a true honor and blessing in many ways. Excellent. I, I think that's fantastic. And that uh, a lot of a lot of congregants here in East Ohio could definitely benefit from, from hearing and, and from taking that and running with it. Well, I, again, I want to thank you for stopping by Dewan and for sharing the microphone with me and, and sharing, you. Oh yeah. And sharing your stories with us. Uh, I, I think we all benefit greatly from hearing and, and not just from hearing, but from doing as well. And so for those of you who have taken the time to listen to this episode, I hope you as well have been encouraged uh, by these stories and that you are challenged to be intentional and to go out of your way, especially uh, if you have a black pastor and to make sure that you are being that light. Be the light in the world. Yeah. More light is needed. Yeah, it is. But to take that inspiration from this episode, to take these experiences and this impact in Dewan's life, and to take that to your churches and to your communities. You can learn more about the East Ohio Conference by visiting our website at www.eocumc.com or by finding us online at Facebook at facebook.com slash eocumc, on Instagram at eocumc, or on Twitter at eastohioum.com.